Can you just give me the story of Whoop and how it kind of came together, like the the elevator version, and then, because I have a million questions, I don't want to just get bogged down with that, but I do think it's important to know how it came about. Absolutely. So our, our mission at Whoop is really to unlock human performance. We believe that every individual has an inner potential that you can tap into if you can better understand their body and their behaviors. And I got into the space personally because I was always into sports and exercise. I was actually playing squash while I was at Harvard, and I was a college athlete and felt like I didn't really know what I was doing to my body while I I was training. I was someone who used to actually overtrain almost every season. And it turns out about 70% of athletes overtrain at some point. And so I got very interested in how can you prevent overtraining? And alongside that, you know, I had friends who would undertrain or misinterpret fitness peaks, not necessarily understand uh, the importance of recovery or sleep. And so for me, it was really doing a deep dive on physiology while I was at Harvard. I met with a ton of cardiologists, physiologists. I ended up reading something like 500 medical papers while I was in school. And I wrote a paper myself around how to continuously understand the human body. And so a lot of that physiology research became the underpinnings for uh, for starting the business. This is a total aside. What's the difference between squash and racquetball? So squash and racquetball have a similar looking court, but squash has a much softer ball. And what that means is that you have to run a ton more in order to pick the ball up. In racquetball, the ball's so hot and so fast, it kind of always makes its way back to the middle. You know, it'll just be shooting off walls. Whereas in squash, you play a drop shot, you have to, you know, go step, step, lunge to get to the ball, step, step, lunge, and, and you're, it's just in and out, in and out, in and out, all throughout the court. So it's much more uh, cardiovascularly intense. Okay. Uh- I just had to know that. That yeah, was for my helpful. own personal edification. Um, yeah. So now you're on Whoop 3.0. So this is the third iteration of this, right? Absolutely. Difference between the first one and this one, and what did you learn in between there? Well, I mean, I guess if you go all the way back to the early days of the, of the company, we had prototypes where the there was a box the size of my head that needed to connect to a computer, and you'd have, you'd have to be tethered to a wall practically to use the thing. Uh, you know, Whoop One uh, was really our entry point in the market. You know, it was exciting in that it could measure things like heart rate and heart rate variability as accurately um, as a, a chest strap and as accurately as an electrocardiogram, so that's a lot of the differentiation of the product. But Whoop 3.0 today, I mean, it's got a five-day battery life. It's got the ability to connect to other products. We have a bunch of new software features that come with it, Um, things around strain code, so a tool that tells you how much exertion to put on your body every day. Uh, We've got a a feature called Whoop Live that allows you to actually look at your data in real time and understand, uh, you know, whether it's a video or whether it's a photo just understand your form alongside Whoop Data, which is pretty fascinating. And uh, and the response has been amazing. You know, I, I know you've been on it for a little bit, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's a very consumer-friendly product. Probably in those early days, it was it was a higher-end piece of technology. Now it's something that we've taken all of the, the guts and the intelligence from the early stages of the company, but made it very consumer-friendly. Yeah, I've actually been wearing it for uh, months now, and Great. the biggest takeaway for me, uh, again, having a newborn at home, uh, seven months now, has been how screwed up my sleep has been because totally. I really need to prioritize it. I know in order to excel in anything, you have to be rested, and I knew I just felt it. I was feeling really just out of it, and I had an Apple Watch, uh, and I just never felt that. I didn't feel like it was actually capturing everything accurately. And 
How can I be convinced that Whoop is capturing everything accurately? Well, we've collected an enormous number of data sets. So we've collected hundreds of thousands of hours of Whoop data alongside uh, polar chest straps, alongside electrocardiograms. We've been able to demonstrate with third parties that we're as accurate as those products. And we've also done uh, hundreds of sleep studies uh, with PSG machines. So PSG machines are the gold standard when you go into a sleep lab to find out if you've got um, any kind of sleeping condition. You get hooked up to all these different sensors, and Whoop has been able to calibrate our sensor to be as accurate as a PSG. So I would say the big difference between a Whoop strap and other technology on the market is just how much data we're collecting and how accurate that data really is. You know, the the Whoop as a sensor is really just focused on health data. So we've got five sensors that we're collecting data 50 to 100 times per second. Right, We're collecting 50 to 100 megabytes of data on a person per day. So it's just an enormous amount of data. That said, you're not going to call an Uber with it. You're not going to do phone calls with it. You're not going to get push notifications with it. But we've picked a specific set of things, and we do them exceptionally well. Got it. So you have no, you don't want to turn it into a watch, or you don't want, that, that's not in the, in the works? It's not. We don't want to compete with watches. You know, people uh, people have watches that they're uh, aesthetically drawn to. They've got smart watches, maybe that they appreciate push notification push notifications for. You know, for us, our goal with Whoop is to create a sensor that's either cool or invisible. So it's either something you can dress up on your wrist with all sorts of different bands and accessories. I mean, we've got some of them here on this table. Yeah, I didn't even know that you you offered this. I thought actually it was just the basic colors, but now I'm seeing that you have like. The flag, and you've got yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff at Whoop.com. Like we've got you know an unlimited number of accessories, so to speak. One of the exciting things that we just launched is uh, an arm sleeve. So you know, for those of you who uh, who lift weights. You can now wear an arm sleeve on your upper arm or, you know, basketball players, even wrestlers, people who don't want something on their wrist. Uh, All it takes is, uh, if I just look over here at this camera, all it takes is you you just take the, the band off. This is pretty simple. Uh, I'm showing you how I remove the material. And then you just slide this sensor into your arm sleeve. And just like that, I can now pull this thing up my sleeve and I've got an arm sleeve on my upper arm, just like that, right? Yeah. And so that is all of a sudden a different form factor that may or may not be better for other people. And as a theme, this is something that we're doing throughout the body. So for us, it's not about being another watch. There's plenty of beautiful watches in this world or useful watches. It's about getting you accurate health data. Got it. So, But then you want to have it to where if you don't want to wear it on your wrist, you can wear it elsewhere, though, and kind of still be hidden, or do you want to always keep it on the wrist? Like, is that just, this is just for training, correct? Like, the, cri- the, the Excuse me. The wrist is a good anchor point, right? So that's a convenient thing for sleep. It's a convenient thing for maybe a lot of lifestyle wear. But we also want to provide people with the flexibility of wearing it other areas of the body. And so that's a future area of development. Right now we do have the ability to wear it on your bicep with a bicep um, strap or with a an arm sleeve, and we're going to continue pushing in that direction. And the accuracy is the same, right? So if I, if I chose to wear it on my bicep, it's going to be the same as if I had in the wrist. Absolutely. That's a lot of the magic of the algorithms because, in fact, the raw sensor data that you get from a bicep versus a wrist versus other areas of the body is actually all different. Yeah. But our algorithms actually know where the sensor is on your body and then calibrate to make it the same exact data. I find the app pretty user-friendly. Uh, sometimes I wish I could download 
your the, data? Yeah. Is that in the works? Is that going to be something I'm able to do? Or is it? Is there a reason you're not offering it? It's definitely something we're working on. You know, historically, Whoop has been a closed system because we needed everything to communicate together. What's nice about the Whoop 3.0, which we just launched on May 22nd, is it actually can communicate with other products. So you can now see your heart rate on a Peloton or in a treadmill setting, or uh, if you're in the gym, you'll be able to actually broadcast your heart rate to other Bluetooth low energy devices. So we're starting to open up our data and our ecosystem and uh, the reception's been quite positive. Yeah, I know. I noticed that that feature when I was uh, when I first got it. I didn't know what the use the usefulness was until you actually just mentioned that you can share it on other devices. Um, do but I know that a lot of uh, you know I know that Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch, who are somebody that we're working with, um, you know, for a, a cover, uh, they wear Whoop all the time. Yeah. Now, uh, they they're able to they share they share their data, right? So like, what is why would I want to share my data with everybody else? Is it like a competition thing? And like, um, how'd, you get, how'd you get involved with some of the people, your ambassadors? On the team side, right, like Whoop has the ability to put individuals on various teams where they can share data with one another. And today that's a, a fully opt-in system. So I want to be very clear that we take privacy and data very seriously. And you're only going to be sharing data with people if you want to. Right now, uh, you know Becky and Seth and the rest of the the WWE crew, like they uh, they really like competing with one another, and so they're waking up every morning and looking at their strain scores and their recovery scores and their sleep scores and you know giving each other shit about it. Right, uh, whereas uh, you know we have a bunch of consumers now who are joining teams that are sports specific or joining teams that are state specific. Like you know the other day someone sent sends me a DM, hey I was the best in Massachusetts today with like a big smiley face. Right. You know, so there's all sorts of ways, I think, to, um, you know, gather more information on your own body through the lens of other people. And that's a lot of what we've done with teams. I think it's, it's friendly competition. It's also understanding how is my heart rate variability? How is my resting heart rate? How are my sleep stats? Like because you can start to better understand these things through the lens of other people. Now, any new person who joins Whoop can request to join a team. Over time, that's going to be a very um, user-friendly experience where you can just do it through the app. Mm -hmm. Now, back to your question on uh, various ambassadors, you know, I think the the cool thing about Whoop is that it's a technology that's targeting high-performing people. And so if you're a professional athlete, if you're an executive, if you're a Fortune 500 CEO, if you're someone who's motivated to improve your daily life, you're finding value in Whoop because it's helping you understand your sleep and your recovery and your daily stress. And so for us, we're very fortunate to have people like, um, you know, Seth and Becky and and others just wearing the product 24-7 because it makes them better at their job. You know, we don't have traditional sponsorship deals with athletes. Um, We've been fortunate to be the official recovery wearable of the NFL Players Association. So right now we're getting distributed to every player in the NFL. Um, We were the first product approved in Major League Baseball to be worn continuously. So we've got a bunch of Major League Baseball players wearing Whoopin games. Um, You know, I was watching the Open Championship this past weekend. Roy McIlroy is wearing a whoop strap on his wrist. Everything else in his body, sponsors are spending millions of dollars on. And um, what's cool for us is, you know, he's, he's just wearing 
doing it because he gets a lot of value out of the data. Yeah. And he just found it at whoop.com, right? So for us, it's uh, we feel incredibly fortunate and proud to get to work with these high-performing people, and, and uh, it's really part of our mission to help them improve. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's something I wanted to touch on was that it's not just for athletes. I know a lot of these things are, work really well and integrate well with people that are going to be performing or, or training, uh, any type of training. But, um, you know, I think anybody can really benefit from just learning about their body and how it works and some of the things that they should be paying more attention to. Like you said, sleep and recovery. Uh, a lot of times those kind of go by the wayside. And it's so important that you have to really focus on that stuff in order to perform and succeed. And I mean, that's that's what this really taught me was looking at these metrics was like, wow, like making changes through it. And there was nothing pushed upon me. It wasn't like I, I just met you um, and yeah. I wasn't nobody said you must wear this. I just started wearing it. No, so, I appreciate that. man. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's that's the importance. So even if you don't train, but yet you just want to learn about yourself and how your body's operating and you want to I don't want to say the word optimize. I think it's too much. It's an overused buzzword. But like that's but you know what you want to do is really take it in and figure out how you're how you're running. Yeah, I think you can only really manage what you measure. And by measuring things like sleep and recovery, you can start to understand how all these different things in your life affect them. You know, so uh, for me, I've identified things about the way I sleep at night that are now improving my sleep, whether it's a, a much colder room or a much darker bedroom, uh, you know, wearing a sleep mask, taking a certain dosage of melatonin and a certain brand of melatonin, uh, figuring out when I should take magnesium or not, you know, um, uh, trying blue light blocking glasses, like all of these things I've sort of A-B tested on my body. And by the way, you talk to another Whoop user and they'll tell you 15 other things they're A-B testing on their body. Yeah. So by understanding these different supplements, substances, anything that you put in your body, food, right, um, different people in your life, you'll start to understand what has a positive, negative influence on your body. And the separate thing is like, I know a lot of people listening to this are big at um, lifters, right? Yeah. You know, understanding the different stages of sleep is really critical to make gains. So, you know, just to be clear, right, sleep is broken down into periods in which you're awake, in which you're in light sleep, in which you're in REM sleep, in which you're in slow wave sleep. So each one of those stages has a different benefit for your body. And what most people start to realize when they're on WHOOP is their body feels very different depending on how much they get of each of those different stages. So there's all these different layers to even understanding sleep. First, you want to understand how much time do you really spend in bed. Okay, I went to bed at 12 and I woke up at 7. That's seven hours in bed. Oh, but it turns out of that time in bed, I only got six hours of real sleep. And then if I look at that six hours of sleep, oh, it turns out, you know, Four and a half of that was light sleep. So when you actually start breaking it down, you only got you know a couple hours of REM and slow wave sleep. Now back to the weightlifting point, when you work out in a gym, and you know this well, you're breaking your muscles down, right? You're not actually getting stronger in the gym, right? Your body needs to then repair itself to get stronger. 95% of your body's human growth hormone gets produced during slow wave sleep. So if you're not getting slow wave sleep every night, you're actually undermining that whole repair process. Someone who's getting 30 minutes of slow wave sleep versus an hour and a half is generating more human growth hormone for their body. And so that's where you know, the focus is, is so, it tends to be very specific for people. Okay, I just did 45 minutes of this. 
I just did an hour of this. I got to these reps. I got this much weight. And then it's like the rest of it doesn't matter. But the, actually, there's a lot going on at night, you know, or you can dial things in. And so that's where I think Whoop can be an interesting tool for people. Yeah. I mean, just the questions that were asked after waking up um, about, you know, my sleep hygiene, really. Like, did you work on a screen? That prompted me to get the blue light blocking glasses. Oh, cool. Like, yeah. So there was things in there that kind of prompted me to, to, to reevaluate what I was doing. And do you, do you, have you gotten value out of the blue light blocking glasses? I have. I look like an asshole when I wear them, but it, 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 it you know. Yeah, they're a little works. goofy, but yeah. I've been amazed by how effective they've been for me. Yeah. And, uh, and they're a little addictive, too. I find, like, when the evening starts rolling around, I'm like, I want to go put those on. Oh, yeah. Well, also, now I'm like, maybe I should get them during the day and put them on when I'm working, uh, you know, typing or writing something. Yeah. So it's kind of, it does, it's just you want to, I don't know, for me anyway, like, it's it's a good uh, thing that I continuously check because I want to keep improving and I want to just feel better and more energetic. And I don't want to do it by, uh, you know, taking a bunch of, of pills and powders and drugs. Like, it's that are going to wear off. I want it to be something that works into my lifestyle and that's consistent. I did want to ask you two things about, uh, one is that uh, heart rate accuracy. So I've read, you know, a handful of things, not not calling out whoops specifically, but that straps on your wrist are off by up to 30 beats. So you're saying that you've you've tested and that's, that's, that's not true. Oh, not for whoop. It's definitely true for wearables. Okay. But not all wearables are equal, right? right. I mean, uh, a lot of different products have different focuses. Um, for us, our focus is really accurate data. And I think it's why we've been, you know, approved in Major League Baseball and the official recovery wear of the NFL Players Association and worn by the Navy SEALs and worn by all these super elite people is because we've done a lot of validation. We've done third-party validation. And so... Uh, for us, from day one, it was making sure that the product was really accurate. And by the way, when someone like a Fitbit shows you a study, what they'll do is they'll say, okay, here's a white male running on a, tread, a treadmill indoors. The problem with that is it turns out white skin is actually easier to measure than dark skin. It turns out indoors is easier than outdoors. It turns out running is the easiest activity. Right. So like we've actually because we work with a really diverse population we have from day one, you know, fortunately, athletes are really diverse. So we had to build the system from the ground up uh, to be able to work on all different skin colors, all different degrees of hairiness, all different um, uh, body types, really, uh, in order to optimize around accuracy. And so it's, it's something that we're very proud of, frankly. And is that, uh, part, is that part of the sensor, part of the light that you're choosing? Like, Because like, I know there's a difference between green light and some other lights. Like, Why is the green light more accurate or more important than some of the other competitors that you're the thing to The thing to understand is there's this sort of these different layers to which you end up with an accurate score, right? Um, the first layer is the raw data that you collect. So what are things that can make raw data better? Well, one, it's a more accurate signal. So you're referring to the light source. Um, that's called photoplasmography. Photoplasmography can be used with all sorts of different lights. It so happens that the green is the most intense, so we get the strongest light wave. Now, there's all sorts of different frequencies, right? So this starts to get into the IP of our sensor. Like, we've, um, we've perfected what that frequency should be. We've perfected how often we sample it. Uh, so certain uh, products... Uh, like an Apple Watch or Fitbit, for example, they just won't sample at the same rate. So when you look at a whoop strap, you'll see the light is on all the time because we're driving the light because we're not optimizing for battery life so that we can give you push notifications in other places, right? Whereas you'll look at the bottom of an Apple Watch at times because the product does a lot of things and it doesn't even have the light on, yeah. right? Because they're not 
they're not collecting data at that moment. And so for us, by collecting data all the time with a very intense light, we have an advantage from the signal standpoint. Then there's a layer above that which starts to get at the algorithms. So how are you crunching the data and where are the algorithms getting generated? We've got algorithms that operate on the strap. We've got algorithms that operate on the phone. We have algorithms that operate on the server. And each one of those is double checking itself to make sure you're getting a great score. What was that word you said? Photo... Photoplasmography. God, I'm th- I think, PPG. Thank you for not going too deep into that because I was really terrified that you were. I wasn't was sure what the right level of here, depth yeah. was, but the no. point is we, we sampled data at a very high frequency. Gotcha. And that, that was actually, you, you've already answered it, was how, how closely do you, do you monitor your competitors? Because I know that there's other people trying to say they're doing the same thing. Um, you said Apple Watch is one. I know Fatigue Science and the, the Ring, the Aura Ring or whatever is another. Um, do you keep tabs on what they're doing and make sure that like yours is kind of still one up on their technology? Or are you at this point now just forging ahead and just trying to leave them behind and not even concerned? The lane that we're focused on is human performance, right? We want to do everything we can to make sure that we're optimizing uh, people who join the product and how we can help them better understand their bodies. And for us, just staying focused on that has kept us away from doing things that let's say other wearables in the market do. So for example, steps. Steps is something that almost every wearable measures. We could easily measure it tomorrow. But because we don't think it has anything to do with human performance, because we think it's an irrelevant metric, we don't we don't even use it. Right. Right. So that's an example I think where because we've stayed focused in our lane and really on our audience, we haven't gone astray. I see. So yeah, it it doesn't make sense to kind of try to mimic or mirror what they're doing because you're trying to do something that's more specialized to performance. Yeah, and I, and I think differentiated because of that. I was screwing up where to put this thing on. You want to have it slightly above the bone, right? On yep, your wrist. On your wrist. So yep. here. And then um, I can wash the strap because my, I'm having a little issue with uh, sweat, yeah. uh, wrist sweat. And, I've and, heard uh, of it. So toss this thing in the, in the, in the washing machine, the, the strap, not the, the device. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. You can put the band in, in the washing machine. Um, and then, you know, some people like to have a few extra bands on them as well. Yeah. And so these are the more sports specific bands. And these are the ones, if you're going to go to like, I don't know, like a fireworks rally or something, I don't know. Like what? This is just a small sample of the bands that we okay. offer. And, uh, again, you can find all of them at whoop.com. Like there's certain designs that are event specific. This was something we did at at the CrossFit Games. This was obviously for the 4th of July. Um, you know, this was for Pride Month. We right. have different clasps. So you, you can have a gold clasp or a silver clasp, all sorts of different uh, materials. And again, we want to make the product uh, something that you feel good about wearing all the time. So you can easily swap these different bands in and out. You can wash them. Uh, and uh, and the sensor is waterproof. Just the, the battery pack, you don't want to get wet, right? The battery pack, you do not want to get wet. Gotcha. And but but in terms of the straps, is there certain ones that you'd say just these are better to wear around and these are better to train with? Well, for example, we do have bands that are sports specific. So the hydro band uh, is really great for swimmers. So we recommend if you're going to be swimming a lot of laps, like use the hydro band. Um, we have certain bands that people prefer for weightlifting, although we can't say that it's necessarily better for weightlifting. It's just that people prefer it. So for example, the bicep band is one. Um, and that allows you to wear it up here versus around your wrist. Uh, and then we've also got just ones that are kind of cool from a lifestyle standpoint. You know, when we first launched this thing, it was $500. Yeah. And, and it was a big lump sum up front. And, and fortunately, we've, we've been working really hard to get the cost down so that we can uh, make it uh, much more um, 
you know, easy for people to get on board. So today, Whoop is uh, as little as $30 up front. Uh, it's a $30 a month subscription. You can um, buy a certain number of months up front, like 12 or 18 months, and actually have reduced rates of um, $24 or, eight, or $18 a month. And the hardware comes for free. So you get this sensor for free. You're part of uh, you know an unbelievable community on Whoop that you can interact with or not, depending on what you want to do. We have a membership services team that will respond to your requests. Uh, and then obviously there's a big analytics engine that comes with it. So all kinds of weekly performance assessments, your daily dumps around sleep and recovery and exercise, uh, all of that comes with the membership. If you buy the membership, the strap come and the sensor comes with it? Yeah, there's no notion of buying Buying hardware, it's just thirty bucks a month, and everything's included. If you do want to get like specific bands or specific right. accessories, yeah. that's just a one-time fee. And by the way, you can sign up literally today for as little as thirty dollars at checkout. Nice. Yeah, I did not. I did not know that. I thought you had to purchase a strap and then purchase another separate. No, uh, no. There's no notion of buying hardware. And by the way, if, if you don't like it, you cancel and you keep the hardware. Did you think that this would blow up this quick? Because I feel like you know you guys have been around for a, a little while, but. I feel like you're kind of everywhere now. The transition to this um, subscription has really helped with that. I think people are finding the entry point much more accessible. And uh, and there's also just an inflection point of awareness, right? Uh, I think enough interesting people are wearing it now. We're, we're fortunate to get to talk with, with folks like yourself and who really understand the space and who can say, hey, this is a little bit differentiated. This is special. So I, I, I feel fortunate that we got a great team at Whoop. We've got a, and we've got great customers. No, I do think that it's it's more than um, just about aesthetics now than it used to, or less about aesthetics now than it used to be. People just wanted to look a certain way. Now I think that they want their insides to reflect, uh, to be just as healthy as they are on the outside. I think that's true too. Like I think Whoop is benefiting from a bit of a cultural shift right now. You know, five years ago, it was like, did you get 10,000 steps, right? And today uh, it's like, what's going on with sleep? How are you recovering, right? Maybe you shouldn't exercise today. I think sleep has really become the new steps and because Whoop is the most accurate sleep-worn monitor, it's uh, a wrist-worn monitor. It's uh, been a big leap for us. And how long did it take you to get to the um, to, to the conclusion that you had to change the the price point, the model? Like, was that? And how did those discussions go? And like, when it finally does happen, is it like this? Or did it bring comes up in a, I guess a meeting? Is it like this epiphany? Like, yeah, like wait, why did we not do this before? Yeah. So we tested the consumer market at a high entry point, and what we saw is we had really high user engagement. So we didn't have the same drop off rates that other products have had in the past. However, we knew that the entry point was high. And so we wanted to see, is there a business model where the entry point can be lower, much lower, but if people fall in love with the product, there's a relationship there that lasts a longer period of time and people can pay over time. So I personally think subscriptions are the best business models because you, the consumer, get to decide if the company that you're paying for is delivering value every month. And if they're not, you just cancel, like boom. Whereas big upfront costs, like you don't necessarily know what you're getting. How do you know you're gonna like it in 60 days, 90 days? And something that's as personal as your body that's constantly evolving. You know, for me, that feels like something where, at least as CEO of Whoop, I feel it's our responsibility to keep earning your dollar every day, every month, 
because you need to be seeing value in what we're providing. When you see somebody wearing an Apple Watch or a Fitbit, you just want to rip it off their wrist. Come on, be honest. No, I'm um, pretty sympathetic. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that the, the it's just, uh, first of all, the Apple Watch does a lot of other things. So we do have Whoop users who wear the Apple Watch and Whoop. Um, again, because Whoop isn't a watch, it allows us to play play nice with other products. Right. I think that as people you know, start to understand their bodies more, I think there's going to be a gravitation to wanting to understand their bodies accurately. It'd be like getting on a scale that, like, you know, is off by 20%. It's like if the first time you got on the scale, you'd be like, oh, this is interesting. Now I know how much I weigh. But if it if it's that dramatically inaccurate, you can't action off of it. And so I think that's where, that's where Whoop sits today. Do you see other companies wanting to kind of either partner or merge with you guys at some point like because this has got a bunch of data that they're not producing like you know again i think we've hit this sort of interesting inflection point in time where where there's just a ton of people interested in working with whoop and we feel pretty fortunate about that so we're, we're evaluating all these partnerships um day by day and and we're not going to do anything um dramatic but uh for us it's just figuring out what are the best ways that we can serve our population and serve our customers there's no real reason there's no real rush as i said like i'm noticing uh, and other people are noticing that you guys are showing up more places. Yeah, and I appreciate that. So like, it's it's not like you're in some like it's it's not like a desperate to partner with anybody. You really don't need to. You're 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 on wrists. You're on with with Major League Baseball. You're with uh, you know a lot of athletes. So it's puts you in a really good spot. Uh, did you think at this point like, you know how, how lo- did you think you'd even get here as a company? Or was that always the hope? Obviously, but when you launch it, is it like? We're definitely going to take off, or like, is it like shit? We got some hiccups, man, and we're we're not going to get to that point for years. I think it's hard to build a company that's successful by accident. You know, if anything, you're you're painting um, an even bigger illusion in your brain, and and then trying to chase to it. So, it's uh, for me, it's it, it's always been the goal, and in fact, uh, I want Whoop to be on more and more people every day. And I think what happens is the goalpost keeps moving, right? When you first start the company, you ask yourself wow, could I get an athlete like uh, LeBron James or Michael Phelps to wear this thing? And it's like, okay, well, we just check those boxes. Like, well, actually, no, I want. I don't want just two great athletes. I want, like, a whole league to wear it. And then you check that box. And it's like, and, and so what happens is you just get to this place where you realize what you've built is quite impactful, and then you want to try to help as many people use that technology. Gotcha. Last question is uh, the name, uh, significant to the name. Like, uh, yeah. You know, it's a it's a fun, it's a memorable word. It was a viral word when I was in college for um, energy or excitement. People were like, yo, you got whoop for the match, and and uh, and so you know, it was, it was it was great, and and it's been a word that served us well because people seem to remember it. Well, dude, that's all I got for you. I appreciate you coming in, man, uh, and, and explaining this, especially to me, because now I feel much more confident wearing it, especially now that I'm wearing it in the right spot. But uh, no, as I said, I, I think it's important too that it, to. For people that train hard and lift hard, uh, which is totally a, a big piece of our audience, um, to understand that this can help them, but also people that are just either getting into health and wellness and want to start to learn about themselves, uh, this can help them do that too. So I, th- I think it's important to kind of hit that for us anyway to hit that that uh, broad spectrum. Absolutely, and big fans of you of you guys and, and cool. the message that you guys push, and and uh, you know happy to be here. Thanks awesome. so much for having me. No, pleasure is mine, man. Thank you. All right, cheers, cool. man.